up? How y'all doing? That like moment before you walk on is always so, cause like he's looking back talking to me and I'm like, do I come out now? Like there's a curtain separating me, but I can feel everyone staring at me right now. But it's good, good morning. How y'all doing? Well, just look at your neighbor and say, God's gonna wake up some stuff today. Just look at your other neighbor and say, he definitely gonna wake some stuff up in you today. Just look at the other one right now. You know what I'm saying? You may be seated. Man, I bid you greetings from Wakanda. That is my home. No, like, y'all cracking jokes, but seriously, like, Botswana is pretty much like Wakanda. Picture this little nation that was hidden from basically the whole world. It only became independent 52 and a half years ago. And now, in a snap of a finger, after they declared independence, God revealed the resource and the diamonds that had been there the whole time. True story, termites were building mounds, digging soil from under the surface, and scouts were going through a particular part, and they saw a termite mound glistening in the sun. And that's how they discovered literally one of the largest diamond deposits in all of Africa, and a little two-bit cow town overnight turned into now what is the most peaceful, least corrupt, and one of the most prosperous nations in all of Africa. That's pretty cool. And see, the reason why I love to say that is because it's so unique. God hid the resource until the people had declared independence. I speak that over your life right now in the name of Jesus, that there's dreams, there's things, there is stuff hidden inside of you, but God needs to get some independence out of you in your outside world because, hear me, had the resource been revealed when they were under the queen, the queen would have got all the resource. So ladies and gentlemen, today God is going to get you free from some things. He's going to, there's going to be an independence that's going to be, I'm talking to somebody this morning. God's going to wake up some stuff. Then some things are going to become independent inside of you as you stand on your own two feet as a child of God and watch. That's when God is going to reveal some of the things that have been there the entire time. Somebody need to say amen right now to that. I just want to say good morning to everyone that's streaming online, equippers. This is so cool. Like, isn't it awesome that with just technology and the internet and all this amazing stuff that we get to create a global move of God that is still one house, one church, and one vision. So to North Shore, to Tauranga, to Taupo, I don't know how that's how you're supposed to say it. That's just blaming on my American accent, you feel me? To Dunedin, just to everywhere and anyone else tuning in online, I want to say welcome home. I ain't no guest speaker by now. You come once, you get the guest treatment. You know what I'm saying? They bring you out a glass of water. They sit you down nice. You come twice, they still give you the nice glass. But you know what? You kind of know. You come three times, yeah, welcome home. You know where the kitchen is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just here, y'all. It's just Cousin Blake, and I'm excited to be here. Come on, talk to me this morning. It's good to be with family in God's house. Pastor Mark and Jemima Varagis bid you greetings. Kingdom City, we love you guys so much. And it is exciting to have like-minded family all over the world. See, this for me is not a booking. This is relationship. It is a privilege to be in this house and to be a part of the God journey. And Summer Revolution was nuts. Do I have any parents of teenagers in the building? Make some noise right now. Come on. Any parents of teenagers? Let me tell you, God is alive and well and moving and breathing in this place. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling y'all, you can always 
feel the brightness of the future by the passion of the youth. You can always feel the brightness of the future by the passion of the youth. And I'm telling you, being in a nation like Botswana that knows about God, yet so many people have no idea the passion and joy that he holds. Sadly, in so many churches in Africa, there's a mass exodus of young people, the lifeblood of the house. And now what you're seeing is this resurgence because people are hungry for God, but they're sick and tired of the old packaging. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it is our privilege to be the new look and same great taste of Jesus Christ to our world, to our communities, to our universities. And I just want to tell you that God is up to some great stuff. And it was such a privilege to be with your young people over the weekend, the worship. I'm telling you, when on the last night you got 30 crazy young people on a stage beating their fists against the ground as the sound and rumble of worship takes over a whole room, people screaming at the top of their lungs, young people that had never never felt the presence of God before being saturated by it. I'm telling you, this is good ground and the future is bright equippers. You better make some noise for yourself this morning. If you didn't know by now, just about everything excites me. Just, you know, we're just, let's just get, that, just get that out the way. I am just a, I'm just a chocolate cheerleader for Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? He scores the goals and the touchdowns, and I'm like, woohoo, yeah! And that's exciting, and honestly, that's how I want you to think of yourself. You're not on the field. You get to watch God move. All he asked you to do was come, follow, and be a part of it. But he scores the goals. He fights. He hits the marks. He does the touchdown. He kick Whatever sport analogy you want to throw at it, we literally get to watch God work and then celebrate at the championship parade at the end. And all we've got to do is say, God, I'm with you. And that is exciting, guys. So I want to wake up some stuff. See, this morning, if you're taking notes, my message is called Shut Up In My Bones. And if you was a black kid like me growing up, you heard this pretty much on a regular basis from some pastor. You know what I'm saying? There'd be an organ going, and the thing would be moving, and you'd have your itchy little three-piece wool suit on, sitting on the front row for about four and a half, five hours, and that was only in the lead-up to the morning announcements before the sermon started. And then that organ would start going, and the thing would start moving, and the pastor would start preaching, and he'd say, ladies and gentlemen, I got a fire! Shut up in my bones. Everybody say, shut up in my bones. Like when something is shut up inside of you, like that's, it's so deep in there. It's not just in. It's not like locked in. It's shut up in. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole different kind of inside. And what they were talking about was actually a scripture that I want to read to you right now. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. And it says this. But if I say. I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. Like a fire shut up in my bones, shut up in the North Shore, shut up in Tauranga, shut up in Taupo, shut up in Danita, shut up in Equippers globally. There's something shut up inside of my bones. And it says, I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. See, ladies and gentlemen, the ache that you feel sometimes, the groaning in your spirit, the burden actually does not come from things that you're waiting for, but sometimes things you're holding back. 
There is something shut up inside of your bones this morning, and it's my job to wake up some stuff and just bring the reality and beauty of what I feel God is doing as we set our tone for this year. Y'all ready to go? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to be the encourager, the counselor, and the comforter that you have called for today. It's for you to speak it inside of people. For something to be waking up this morning. Touch every heart. Heal every mind. Speak to every spirit. And show us how to get out of your way in the name of Jesus. And everybody says. So now let me read to you a little story that I find fascinating of how literally something was shut up in somebody's bones. Let me break it down for you. Turn with me to 2 Kings Chapter 13, and I'm going to read verse 20, 21 from the New Living Translation. And we got a little buzz in this speaker just right here. I'm getting an amen from the technology, you know what I'm saying? But it's slightly distracting. But check this out. Look, it says it on the screen behind me. It says, then Elisha died and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once... When some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily just threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Now, if that ain't the strangest miracle you ever done seen in your life, ladies and gentlemen, we just saw a dead guy raise another dead guy back to life. Give God a round of applause. Like, that's just, that's fast. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the weirdest thing ever. Like, another dead dude raised another dead dude into a not-so-dead dude by accident in the middle of an ambush as his friends abandoned him. Can you imagine being the dead guy for a second? (laughs) Like, I, don't, I just, I, I don't know, like, at what point he, like, came back to life, but I, it says pretty, pretty much, like, instantly, right? So it was kind of like a thud. Like, I feel like the brother, like, hit the ground and he was alive. He hears clamoring and swords and shields and screaming outside, and he just peeks his head out of this cave, and he sees his dude just taking dust down the road and soldiers coming by, and he just kind of slides back into the cave for just a quick second. And then later on, he walks back to the village, and his friends are like, ah! And he's like, ah! And they're going, he's like, what happened to you? I don't know. I was in a cave. Bro, you were dead. Was I? Yes. Who put me in Elisha's cave? That's jacked up. We're not supposed to just make his bones like that? They're like, um, see what had happened was, you know, I just, how that event transpired fascinates me. But here's the funny thing. I want to show you something that I feel God is revealing to us in this passage today. Look at this. Number one, God has unfinished business and unclaimed generational blessing in your family line. I need you to get this first. And it's so significant that this is the month of January. See, let's go back to the scripture. It says, then Elisha died and was buried, and groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. When you study Hebrew culture, springtime was the beginning of the ancient Hebrew calendar. 
So this is at the beginning of each year. The enemy stages an attack to get God's people into fear. Oh, no, I need you to catch this. Like when me and you are doing resolutions, and isn't it something, like even though we know like there was like 2018 and that was a day, and then you woke up and it was 2019 and pretty much it was another day, isn't there something interesting about the intrinsic hope and almost refreshingness of a new year? Even though it's just another day. I, think, I mean, New Year's, it was just Tuesday. Like Monday was 2018 and drum roll, Tuesday. Like, like, like it wasn't actually like a thing. But what is it about a new year that awakens a hope, a freshness, a new desire? It's almost like a reset button for your soul. It's almost as if you can put whatever happened in 2018 behind you. And it's like you get a fresh lease on life when it comes to your new year and to your new season. This is crazy. It's just a Tuesday. But yet your spirit is telling you something different. And in the same way... The enemy knows it. And so, because this new hope is rising up in you, this new ability to dream, this new just for whatever reason, it's like a fresh lease on life. You're thinking of do-overs. You're thinking of resets. You're thinking of starting some things again. Maybe some things failed, but there's something about a new year that just gives you the courage to take another stab at it. You know what I'm saying? And the enemy knows that. So at that same beginning of the year, he's already tried to knock some of y'all back into the failures of 2018. Like for some of you, New Year's Eve was like, whoa, yeah, Tuesday. And then that first week came. That phone call happened. That email came in. You got that news from that family member. That discouragement came. And the enemy's already staged an assault on the God-given hope inside of you. Isn't it tragic that it was the beginning of a year and we see God's people in this passage were already having a funeral? And honestly, I debated. My main theme this morning is shut up in my bones but if I had an alternate working title for this morning, it would also be Stop the Funeral. So maybe just do a little slash and just say, shut up in my bones, slash, stop the funeral. Because it's very significant that it was the spring, the beginning of the Hebrew year, the start. This was the time when all the resolutions, when all the plans, when all the joy, when all the hope, this is when everything was supposed to be fresh. And yet they had already seen death and were already burying someone that was dear to them. And then an attack happens. But guys, I want to show you the beauty of what God has trapped in this passage. Even though we feel there's death and opposition, 
Even though discouragement has already made some of you guys just start playing it safe again. Even though some of that hope is already gone. It's like, oh, all right, let's just brace for impact. Let's just get by. The thriving is off the table. We've already gone back into survival mode. But I am here this morning to wake some of you up and to let you know that there is a miracle shut up in those bones. And that God wants to stop a couple funerals this morning. I need somebody to give me an amen right now because God has... Has something for you. See, number one, we talk a lot in church about generational curses, and I believe it, and I'm in Africa, and I see it all the time. But I want to talk about generational blessing for a minute. Because I believe half the reason why the devil hated your family so much is because of the strength on your family line, because of the anointing on your family line, because of that unique gifting, the perspective, the intelligence, the influence, the favor. And sometimes the enemy has used the brokenness of what those have gone before us, what they did to us. And because out of unforgiveness, we have rejected them. We've also rejected the very anointing that they could have given to us. See? See, for those of y'all that have seen me before, you know, in previous seasons, I've, I've shared my testimony. And hear me, tonight's going to be awesome. I, I Hear me. God has given me a very unique anointing to wake up the love of God in people that hate God and hate church. So tonight is the night that I want you, every person, every cousin, auntie, uncle, mama, daddy, baby's mama, side chick, whoever you know, that can't stand God and is very hurt right now, I want you to bring them tonight. And I know for a fact, I speak it into existence, that God is going to restore the broken heart. He's going to bring the hearts of the sons back to the father, the hearts of the daughter. I'm telling you, tonight is going to be the night that I want you to bring those hard nuts, those tough cases, the ones that you just feel like, ah, but you know you got some influence, and you've been waiting for that Sunday, waiting for that. Well, guess what? Your crazy black Uncle Blake is here, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to have some fun, and God is going to be God. So I'm telling you, I just want you to get excited. Right now, because even today, God is going to use you to stop the funeral over somebody's life. I speak it in the name of Jesus. But there's blessing and miracles in your family line. There was unfinished business of things he spoke to your grandfather, to your mother. There's, there's miracles that are still there. There's stuff that still has a power. And regardless of their imperfections, regardless of their, you know, the, whatever wasn't there, regardless of what they did do, whatever they didn't do, there is an anointing on your family line. I'm tell you, when I understood that, it unlocked something in me. So, yeah, my biological dad left when I was a baby. We're still in touch. Yeah, my grandfather committed suicide when my dad was 16. I, under, I see that, and I saw the brokenness. But when I'm able to zoom out and see this thing with the eyes of God, I realized there was such a unique anointing and influence on the men in my family. And the devil wanted to abort the inheritance process of that being carried down into me. There are things that you need to let go of and forgive some people from your past, not for any other reason, but for you to sleep at night. And so even though they may have made a mistake, there's a miracle shut up in those bones still. There's blessing, there's inheritance, there's wisdom, there's anointing there. There are unwrapped Christmas presents under the tree that got your name on it. And some of them got your grandmamas and your great-grandfather and your ancestors' name on it. But guess what? By rights, as an heir, as a son and daughter of that household, there is a blessing that you are able to receive by right. And let me prove it to you. See, we know that Elisha was the protege of Elijah. Elijah during his ministry career, the Bible records 14 significant miracles. 
that took place. And we know that Elisha, as Elijah was ascending to be with the father, he asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And as the mantle fell, Elisha put it on and he received that anointing. But ladies and gentlemen, catch this. During Elisha's lifetime, the Bible only records that he did 27 miracles. He died one short. He was one short of his desire. And even though in his lifetime, he did not see the fruition of his request to God, the miracle was still shut up in the bones. And ladies and gentlemen, this passage in scripture, when a dead guy got thrown on Elisha's bones, was miracle 28. I need somebody to give God a praise right now, which means it's not done yet. Even if you don't see, hear me, hear me, parents, I got three daughters. I need every parent to get this. What if the miracle that you feel in your heart is going to be inherited through your children? Will you be bitter because you didn't see your dream come, through, come true and take out your pain and, 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 your, and, and your disappointment on your kids? Or can we be like King David who wanted to build the temple but wasn't allowed to, and so God's like, uh-uh, you got blood on your hands, homie. I'm sorry. I know you got these dreams. I know you wanted to win a Grammy. I know you want to start a million-dollar business, but I'm just sorry. You can't do it. And David said, okay, fine. Well, guess what? I'm going to make sure my son can do it. I'll make sure he lacks for nothing. I'm going to give him every resource. I'm going to give him storerooms, a blessing. See, ladies and gentlemen, it is a parent's privilege to set our children up for legacy, for blessing, for inheritance. I'm talking to somebody this morning morning. There are miracles shut up in your bones. God is not done and not even a lifetime can stop the will of God. I need somebody to say amen right now. That's good for somebody. I'm waking stuff up, okay? We just getting started. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something shut up in my bones. There's something shut up in my bones. See, look at this. I love this next thought that God is ready to do unexpected miracles in unexpected places, using unexpected situations. It don't get any more unexpected than a dead guy bringing another dead guy back to life. Like, no one would have ever thought. Which leads me to this premise. Some of the things that you think God has not done yet are not because he hasn't done them yet, but because he hasn't done it in the packaging that you liked. I talked about this a year ago. I spoke a message here called a donkey approach and that God uses foolish things and foolish packaging to get his work done. The Israelites wanted a King David. They wanted another Davidic king as the Messiah, and they got a hipster on Uber donkey. You know what I'm saying? Like he was exactly the answer they had prayed for, but not in the packaging they liked. And see, sometimes when God answers your prayer, not in the way you like it, it will actually make you angry. It can make you bitter if you're coming at it with a heart of pride. Like what if the call of God that you feel so called to is going to happen through doing Bible college and ministry training through Equippers Leadership? Oh, well, I'm too grown. I've done this. I'm here. I've done that. No, 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 no. That, that's for kids. No, no, no. But maybe your married behind that's been there and done that actually needs to go back to school again just so God can wake up destiny and purpose inside of you. See, I love people that ain't too humble, That I mean, that ain't too prideful enough to say that God can't do something through whatever way he wants to do it. I'm telling you 
today that we need to take God out of the box we've put him in. We have said, thy kingdom come, but my will be done. And we keep on missing God because he will do it however he wants to. He will use a dead guy to bring another dead guy back to life. I still am not recovered from this story. Like, that still fascinates me. Like, I, I look at chicken bones differently. I'm like, Lord, mm, what miracle was locked up in this chicken's life, Jesus? Mm. I thank you, God, for the fried chicken, but God unlocked the bone to me, Lord. I'm telling you, it's, there's a fascinatement that I have about, yes, I said a fascinatement. That's a word, y'all. I'm telling you. You need to receive it. You need to write that down. Put that on your window. Fascinatement, this Lord, in the 2019 year, Jesus. <laughs> but hear me. God is going to do things new ways this year. And I need you to open up your eyes to the bigness of our God. He will use the most random of scenarios. I mean, guys, show me one story in the Bible where God brought about the answer the way everyone expected. So then why do you keep getting frustrated with God when he doesn't bring the answer the way you expected it? Or maybe the delay is too long for you. Or maybe, you see, we, we, we as humans create unnecessary, imagined time limits that then force us sometimes to doing things rashly or into sin. I mean, we know Father Abraham got the prophecy at 75 that he was going to be the father of many nations. But it didn't even happen until he was 99. And because he put an unnecessary imagined, manufactured time limit on how he thought God would do it, at 86 years old, he ended up creating an Ishmael. When God had it planned out the entire time. So I just want you guys to, with humility this year, as you're planning and praying, don't let discouragement come in because you haven't seen it happen the way you thought. Honestly, that's why e-groups are so important. I believe in it. I'm telling you the lifeblood of the local church is, yes, in the room of the corporate gathering, but there is something about getting in a room full of people that you allow to know your business, that you allow to speak into a little bit. I'm telling you a fresh pair of eyes is how God, a lot of times, brings about the miracles that you can't see with your own eyes. You ask anyone in art or any, you know, detailed industry, sometimes your brain just gets fried. You can't actually complete it on your own. You need to get another set of eyes to proofread it, to finish it, because our brain just starts doing stuff. Why? Because we're so emotionally attached to the issue sometimes. And a lot of times I feel like your miracle has happened but because you're still waiting for it to make sense in your head and you haven't trusted the discipleship that God has put in your e-group and in the amazing beauty of this strong, vibrant, healthy, alive church, sometimes we've missed the miracle because we only trusted our opinion. That's for somebody. Somebody just say a quiet amen. Just say, ooh, amen. Hmm. Ooh, amen. Next point. God will allow opposition to become an opportunity to release miracles. This, is, this fascinates me. Guys, think about this. Sometimes God had to allow opposition to come your way to interrupt the funeral you were having for the dream that he was not done with yet. Think about it. Had those Moabite raiders not have been attacking, that brother would be six feet deep right now. 
But it literally took what looked like an attack of the enemy to trigger an eternal blessing. See, imagine this. The funeral procession's going along. They're dragging the body. They've dug the hole. And imagine some friends had tried to come up and stop the funeral. They would have ignored them. Imagine people from your comfort zone that would have tried to come up and stop the funeral. Ah, oh, no, 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 get away. You wouldn't have listened. Sometimes God has to bring a shock to your system to shake you out of your norm because he needs to trigger a miracle. Some of you guys, it was a maybe possibly an unfortunate circumstance that even led you to being a part of this church. But let me ask you, had that thing not happened, would you be calling Jesus Christ as Lord today? That's just, that's a real fact. Sometimes God needs to use opposition to create an opportunity because us in our own devices will just go with the flow if nothing gets shaken up. We as creatures crave comfort. So God has to create uncomfortable situations to unlock the miracle in your world. So I need you to stop saying, woe is me, and oh my God, and it's already January, and this thing is happening. Ah, no, actually say, whoa, God, I know you're in control. I know that you're a provider. I know you're a healer. I know you're a protector. So what are you trying to show me right now? What plan have I maybe made that's just in my comfort zone, in my safe safe place? What have I done that is maybe just going to put me right back where I've always been? And maybe this agitation is because, God, you're trying to open up a door that I'm scared to open right now. Think about it, guys. Had it not been for a storm, Jonah would have never gone to Nineveh. Had it not been for three boys in a fire, King Nebuchadnezzar would have never acknowledged that God was a God above all gods. I know for me, so many times along my journey, had opposition not come, had everything happened the way I wanted it, I would be so far from the love of God and possibly dead right now. I am so glad that in his divine, omnipotent understanding, God said, You may not see this thing as good right now, but I'm telling you, Blake, when you zoom out, my hand is at work. You ask Joseph, would he have thought being sold into slavery, falsely accused of rape, and forgotten about in a prison? You ask him, would he have thought those were good things, but that opposition created a king, ladies and gentlemen. And God is going to do it however he wants to do it, but I need you to not be discouraged, but I need you to take heart because there was a miracle shut up in those bones, and maybe God had to stop your pity party. Like maybe you was having a woe is me session. Like maybe you was busy saying, oh my God, my miracle is not going to happen. Oh, the dream. And maybe you were about to bury something. God said, no, I'm not done with it yet. And lastly, God is ready to interrupt some funerals as I have the team join me now. See, ladies and gentlemen, just because you think the dream is dead, just because you held a funeral for it, just because you buried it, just because you mourned it, just because you moved on does not mean God is done with those dry bones. So what a marriage failed. So what one of your children is away from God? So what the business messed up? So what you failed university? So what you made some mistakes? You are not damaged goods. You are broken pieces in the hand of a master craftsman. And God is not done with you yet. And I'm telling you, there are some people right now, you're already making plans in 2019 with the defeated mindset of last year. And God brought me this morning to wake something up in your spirit, to bring a fresh encouragement 
encouragement to you because there is miracles in those bones. Don't count it out yet. Don't ignore it yet. But God needs to stop a funeral that you are having. Some of you literally this week are literally on the brink of shutting something down. And you prayed this week. You prayed this week, God, I am done. And if I don't hear from you about this thing, I am, I'm pulling the plug. And God is letting you know with all the love that I can possibly muster that he is not done with you yet. He is not done with that thing yet. He's not done with that marriage yet. He's not done with that child that you are tired of praying for yet. God is not done. Do not give up on the dream. Do not give up on the promise. He would not put that thing in your heart to torture you, but you've just got to trust his timing. You've got to trust his plan. You've got to trust the way he's going to do it. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But I'm telling you this morning, God is going to do it. Tell you a quick story. When we uh, got to Botswana last year, well, at the end of 2016, we were looking for a building. And you know, you're just full of hope. Looking at properties, and you're like, yeah, we're going to take it for God. And there was one building I fell in love with. And we had the meeting, met the owner. It felt like favor was there. I was like, yeah, God, this is it. We found our property. So we're going to take ground for Jesus. We're going to do it. And literally down to the last day, it was a no. I remember I was devastated. Like, yeah, have you ever had your heart so set on something, like in your mind, you already live in it? Like, it wasn't even yours yet, but the no made you start grieving, like something had died. Like, have you ever had a dream? that you dreamt so hard, you could taste it, you could smell it, you could feel it. I was there, guys. I literally was depressed when we got a no. And we looked at a bunch of buildings that day. And I kid you not, there was one building that was my least favorite. Like we had found this place by, this was the ugly, it's just it was a hole in the wall inside of another hole in another wall. Just the ugliest place you've ever seen in your, like a tin shed. I couldn't stand this building. Literally, we found it because there was a building online next door, and the owner had put the place up for sale and hadn't told his employees. <laughs> so we walk in, went in to see the building, and the secretary's like, mm-mm, no, you ain't coming. You ain't never, and literally, you ain't never seen an uh-uh until you heard it from an angry black African woman. Uh-uh, oh, no, no, you're not coming in today, but no, check the building next door. That's one available. I'm telling you, this place was not online. I don't know if the owner of this building had ever discovered the internet yet. And the one I wanted, the one I thought was the answer, was a no. And the one we ended up basically being forced into was my least favorite option. But guys, let me tell you how good God is. What was my least favorite option? became the miracle epicenter for the move of God that has happened in Botswana. What started with 70 people a year ago has turned into over 800 people that meet each weekend. What started with one teenager a year ago has turned into a youth ministry of over 100. But hear me, let me tell you why. They built a university across the street from our church. Like I'm here Sir, you right there, just raise your hand. Yes, you. That's, that's, this is the front door of our building. They built an 
capacity university full of young people across the road from our building. Let me tell you something. Our building is literally at the, if you Google Habarone on Google Maps, the O is our building. I ain't playing with you. We are perfectly situated in this spot. There's been so many miracles attached to this building. It is ridiculous, and I can feel God laughing hysterically at me, ladies and gentlemen, because some opposition had to come for me to see the divine opportunity that in my natural eyes I did not think was good enough yet. And yet it was raw. It was an empty shed. But yeah, by the grace of God and Google and Pinterest and a whole lot of hardworking people and a whole lot of pallet wood, God is good. And we've been able to create something amazing. But it didn't always happen. I thought the dream had died. I thought the opportunity had died. And then I, I got sidetracked. And I was like, whoa, God, what are you doing? But let me tell you, that is how God works, ladies and gentlemen. He literally interrupted what I thought was defeat and showed me it was the victory I'd been praying for all along. And lastly, God is trying to bring back some things to life that you keep trying to bury, but on the flip side, you keep on putting some stuff on life support God asked you to let die. See, I was busy holding on to hope for something that was not his will, ignoring the very thing that was his will the whole time. Some of y'all in relationships right now, you know that thing is not of God. And literally, you got this brother or this, or, or this lady on spiritual life support. And the only reason why anything good's happening in their life is because of the anointing on your life. And they're leeching off of your destiny. They're like a lot to Abraham, eating half of your promised land. And I'm letting you know there are some things that need to be buried. There are some things. There's some commitments. There's some places. There's some desires. There's some addictions. There's some things that, yes, you need to let die. You need to have some funerals for because they are removing the life energy that God wants you to direct into the things that he is called to let live. I'm speaking to somebody right now. So as we close, it's time to speak to some dry bones. Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says this. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? God is bringing you right now. Even as I've been talking this whole message, he's been bringing things back to your remembrance. Ideas have come back to the surface. Things that you were ready to count out on right off of. He's already brought it back, and the Holy Spirit is asking you, can these things live again? And oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer. See, that's all God wants. He doesn't, he doesn't see some of you think the dream can't survive because you don't know how it could come to life in your own power. But it's not your job. All we've got to do is give Ezekiel's answer say, oh, Lord, you alone know the answer. We've got to get back to reminding ourselves that it's God who does it. That it's God. See, it's not, it, it, the dream should overwhelm you. Stop playing it safe just because you don't see how it could happen. That 
thing should be so overwhelming, it should make you fall on your face to God every single day because it's that big, it's that beautiful. Anything that is so tangible that you can figure out, that's probably not God. I'm just being honest with you. But he says, you alone know the answer. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know I am Lord. See, guys, listen. God's presence picks the bones. He picks, not you. That's half the problem right there. You've been trying to select what bones you want to come alive. God's presence. We're going to have a moment in a second. God's presence is going to lead you to the bones that need to live again. God's power touches the bones. It is by him, not by might, not by our strength, but by his spirit, says the Lord. See, God's glory then shows from the bones. It's not for our credit. But sometimes you've missed out on the miracle because you're trying to figure out how your name is going to be on the outside of the building. But can you build his kingdom, his way, and just be happy to be a part of a miracle, even if you never see your name in lights, even if you're never the one that has the name at the bottom of the article, can you say, God, I just want to be a part of a miracle. I want to be a part of what you're doing in New Zealand. I want to be a part of what you were doing through Equippers. And God, I lay down my crown. I lay down my name. It says that God gets the credit for the bones. All he needs you to do this morning is speak to the bones. That's it. See, can we stand to our feet right now? See, in this moment, God needed to interrupt some funerals because there's some miracles left in those bones. There's unfinished business in your family line. There is ancestral anointing that you need to claim down right now. There are dreams and goals and visions that he has placed inside of you. And God is not done yet. But out of his love, out of his grace, and out of his anointing, can you allow God to lead you, to remind you, and his spirit to wake some things up in you? Can you allow God to show you what to let die? And can you allow God to remind you what to let live? There is something shut up in those bones. But just quickly, could you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Because step one for some of you is actually just to believe that God is actually God. Some of you in this room today, you've been coming to church, so a friend brought you. Maybe today's your first time or you've kind of just been on the outskirts, just kind of observing, checking things out. I don't know what journey led you to this room today. But I know that step one, before we even talk about bones, is you understanding and having an intimate relationship with the person that can bring them to life. So if you are here today and you know that you are not close to God, that he is not your Lord, that he is not your Savior, or maybe that today is the day that you want to rededicate your life to God. You feel like, yeah, I prayed that prayer a long time ago, but life has happened. I've just got a little bit off track, and today I need to get my life back. My life feels like nothing but dry bones. 
everything feels dead. Everything feels dry. I am barely getting through. God is here to breathe life, and the first thing he wants to speak life into is your bones, is your life, is your spirit. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you are here in this room today, and you know that this is today, today is the day in January to get back right with God, can you just raise your hand across this room? Because his love is here, his grace is here, and there is an anointing in this room to bring things back to life. So just raise your hand nice and high because this is your moment. Thank you for that hand. See, what's happening in this room is there's grace. Never feel ashamed in a hospital to act like you need some medicine. I break the spirit of fear off this place right now, but I speak a life into this place that we are going to see a room full of people that are not afraid to say that I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I need God. I need life. So one more time, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge him before men, and he will acknowledge you before his Father in heaven. So if that's you, one last time, one, two, three, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Look at God. Look at God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank I am so, you guys are so brave. I am so proud of you. That is so amazing. That is awesome. You can put your hands down now. That is the work of God. See, all it took was one person with some faith and an unlocked faith in the whole room. Come on. That's the beauty and power of our God. So we're going to pray a simple prayer right now. And the word of God says if you confess in your, with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So can we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Jesus, thank you for sending and giving your life for me. I accept your gift. I accept your life. Wash me clean and make me new. Change me now from the inside out. Breathe life into my bones so that I can live again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, make some noise for God right now. Make some noise for that right now. Come on, worship God right now. So that was just square one. We're gonna worship just in a second. But remember, the people that were having the funeral were God's people. The ones bearing a body were the children of God. And so in this room, sometimes the ones that fall victim the most to what I was talking about today are those that do believe in God. Because we believe in him to an extent but we haven't given him power over our dreams. So I just feel so strongly today that God has a fresh wind, a, a, just a fresh resurgence, an encouragement. There's an anointing in this room. There is a touch of God here right now, and God is bringing dead things back to life. You felt it. I'm telling you, some of you was about to give up on your marriage. You was about to file divorce papers next week. You're like, I can't go through another year with things like this, but God has given you a fresh purpose and a fresh hope that this thing can live again. Some of you was about to write off that child that's been away from God for so many years, but God has given you the courage to fight and and keep going and to keep standing on your knees in prayer that dream so what it messed up so what the thing failed it does not matter God is not done and there are miracles shut up in those bones some of you are going to be able to forgive those who have gone before you right now for the first time and it's going to unlock a miracle of inheritance and blessing and legacy into your now season so as the band worships we're just going to pray, and God's going to move. 
And whether you want to come down to the altar, whether you want to raise your hands where you are, there is a specific anointing in the room right now for dead things to come back to life. So now the floor is yours. You move as you see fit, but God is here, and he's going to bring dry bones back to life. So if that's you, you come on up to the front. You just worship. You let God be God, and the pastors and leaders will be here to pray over you, but God is going to move. This is your moment right now. If you feel that shield, lift up your hands. Come down for prayer, whatever it is. But this is the moment for things to come back to life. Come on. so strongly there are warriors and generals in the spirit in this room that have sat on the sidelines because you have not recovered from the hurt and pain caused by your previous church so you are here but you have almost spiritually retired and there is so much anointing inside of you, so much dreams and prophecies that have been spoken over you. And because of the pain of what was in the past, 
because of the pain of what was once said, you have robbed this house and this move of God, of the anointing that is inside of you, and God is saying to you, I am not done with you right now. It's time for you to wake up. Retire means four new tires. It's time to get back. It's time to restart. God has more in you. There's more anointing in you. It's time to get off of the fringes. It's no longer good enough for you just to attend and hear a cute sermon every, you know, every once in a week, and then you go back home and just do your thing. God needs you to wake up. Some of you in this room are going to be leaders of e-groups, pastors of future campuses. There are ministers of the gospel, anointed pastors and counselors in here, but you need to allow God to heal the hurt in you because God needs to get you into the battle. You have sat long enough. You know there's good fruit in this house. You know there's anointing in this house. And now it's time to engage. It's time to go deeper. It's time to get out of the crowd and get to be part of the battle. It's time to take your place and help build this house. There is grace and anointing inside of you and you need to get part of this house. There's something in here. So that that's you, you need to just receive it right now. Just get off the edge and get into the battle. But let God speak life to you. Let him speak life to those bones, those bones of ministry, those bones of anointing, those bones, those prophecies. Come on, let God wake it up in you right now. Come on. Every hand lifted across this place right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare visions and dreams to arise. Things that you have pushed away. Hopes that you are afraid of even having because the fear of failing. I cancel the spirit of fear and I ask that the love of God just fall over this room. That perfect love will cast out the fear of yesterday and that faith for tomorrow is going to arise. That you guys in this room are going to have a conviction and a hunger to get into e-groups, to get into discipleship, to get plugged in this year.
No longer are you going to try to self-diagnose and self-medicate your spiritual struggles, but this is going to be the year that you are going to win in family. We're going to see open heaven as we come together. How good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, like the oil that's going to flow down to the edge from the beard to the top. There's going to be an anointing over this house, but it's going to come when you hunger for family, when you get out of isolation, and as you allow mothers and fathers to speak into your life. I'm telling you, the dry bones are going to come alive. The things are going to come alive. It's going to grow. It's going to happen. It's going to build. It's going to increase. In the name of Jesus, Father, come on, receive that right now. Give God a shout of praise. Come on. Give God worship. Come on. Declare it.